Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for busy parents building profitable businesses. If we haven't met yet, I'm Meg Brunson, and we are about to simplify business and marketing strategies because balance was never about spending equal time between your business and your family. Nope, you want to spend previously unimagined amounts of time making memories with your kids. And the only way that's going to happen is if we get your marketing under control. I want to take a minute to acknowledge that Black Lives Matter, that love is love, and that inclusivity is essential for success. So I welcome all colors, genders, and cultures to join us for today's episode. Today's guest helps entrepreneurs build real relationships in their subscribers' inbox, turning subscribers into true fans and brand evangelists. In her free time, you'll usually find her typing away furiously at her laptop, writing emails, reading a book, or at the baseball field with her two boys. I'm excited to introduce you to digital marketing coach, Jennifer Wilson. Jen, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thanks, Meg. I'm super excited to be back. We talked before on one of your summits, so I'm excited to be back. Yes, you talked to us all about um, opt-ins. At the lead magnet, yep. magnets, yep. right? Opt-ins, yep. lead magnets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> about a year ago. So I'm excited to have you back and talk yep. about emails, which are connected, right? Like yep. you, mm-hmm. you get the opt-in and then you follow up with, with exactly. emails. So I'm excited yep. to explore that with you. Before we jump in, let's talk a little bit about relationship marketing, um, mm-hmm. kind of what it is and, and the benefits to using it. So I'm just going to back up a little bit. So I am, oh, sure. I do have a, a, a corporate nine to five and in my corporate nine to five, I'm a business coach for insurance agents and they talk a lot about building relationships. Like they're like, that's the basis of our business is building relationships. But what, what does that really mean? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, is it when they come in, we like talk to them and we, we make friends with them or what does that mean? So I try to dial it back like relationship marketing is it that's part of it It is the talking to them and and all of that but relationship marketing is really putting the easiest way to say it is it's putting the customer first it's it's a customer centric philosophy right so that that in a nutshell that's what it's not product centric it's not it's not you centric as the business owner. It's not brand centric. Some, some marketing strategies are branding, right? But it's putting customer at the focus. And the reason that that's important is because even though it's a longer play, it's a long game, it takes more time. The end result is that you have a longer term and long lasting relationship with that person who maybe doesn't just buy one product, but because of that ongoing relationship, you can sell to them again and again and again, which we all know is much less, it's less, it's more inexpensive or it's right to, to keep an existing customer than it is to go get a new customer every single time. 
they're what I think it's like 60% more likely to buy from you if they're already a customer versus trying to get somebody new in the door, right? So that's why I like to say, okay, relationship marketing is really putting the customer at the forefront, whatever that means, right? Um, and so that's why I believe even in email marketing that can be done and that I believe, and that's the way that I teach it, is to build those relationships in the inbox. And that doesn't mean just sending out emails all the time. It means having a customer-centric focus in your emails. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I love how you mentioned that it's not the quickest way. So let's right. talk a little bit about some of like some of what we see in mm. you know the the marketplace right now. We we see things about getting your, you know making your first thousand dollars or, you know, things that are quick, quick, quick and easy, easy, easy. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And this takes longer, but like you said, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it, there's more potential for higher customer value because they're going to do more business with you and it also feels better. It feels oh, less that, slimy. That is the key, right? Cause people are like, well, I want to sell, but I don't like selling because I feel icky. So if you think about building a real relationship, and this is the key, it's not just a buzzword, right? Like, oh, I'm doing relationship marketing. No, it's truly building a relationship. And so if you think about, okay, if I have someone that I met and now I'm trying to become friends with them, right? So it takes time, right? It takes, but when you, so I, I use this example, like I, um, years ago when that Roomba, it's that um, mm -hmm. little automated vacuum, right? It came out and then I was like an early adopter and I was like, this is the best, like $400 I've ever spent in my entire life. Right. I, and I tell everyone, everyone's like, you should go work for Roomba on commission because you like are like just loving it. But if I went and I told this friend that I have that this Roomba is like the most amazing thing, it's not salesy because I believe in it. And I have a relationship with this person and this person knows that I'm only going to tell them about stuff that I truly believe in. So in relationship marketing, it doesn't just mean, obviously you believe in your product wholeheartedly, right? So this is why you can recommend it because you truly believe it can help your people. But if you're giving, if you're talking to them about other offers, you're carefully curating it, right? You're not just throwing out anything where you think you can make a quick buck on it. And so that's where that sort of symbiotic relationship comes in because now you are providing this value where if you're, if you're telling your subscribers about an offer, they're like, oh, okay, Jen, you know, she never sends me offers or she rarely sends me offers. Now I know that this is gonna be something really valuable. And so that takes out the icky factor. It really does. So, so you're completely right. And there's so much good stuff that you just said right there. Like what you mentioned is we can, you can use it for selling your own products. You can also use it for selling affiliate products, That's you right. know, things that mm -hmm. you sell somebody else's thing for them. Mm -hmm. And then you get a little kickback from it. Yep. And yep. all of this is, based on building that trust with people. So only yes. promoting things. And I love that. I feel like that's something that I've always tried to do is it seems so obvious, right? Like why would you promote something you don't like? Yeah. Um, but people do it or they'll promote things that mm -hmm. they don't really know if they like um, because mm -hmm. it sounds like a good opportunity. But instead right. you, you want to be really careful yes. about what you're promoting because if you promote something 
bad, it's going to reflect back on you. And that's what I would say is like protect your list and treat your list like they're really. So actually, that's one of the biggest things that I teach is, okay, when you approach your email list, it becomes this big, scary thing for people. They're like, oh, my God, I have like 100 people or have a thousand people on my list. I need to write to them all. And I don't know what to say. You need to think of that. If you think of it as one person and that one person, the lens I encourage people to look through is of a friend of a friend. Okay. If you, if you approach that person, like a friend of a friend, then it, everything becomes easier because you're not going to spam a friend of a friend with offers. You're not going to sell to them the minute they, you meet them. Right. Um, and, and, and the reason I don't use the BFF analogy is because the BFF, you have this like really comfortable relationship with them where Sometimes you, there's no context. There's things can be left off, and you, and so I think to have that one step removed is useful in in looking at your email list and how you approach them. And so if you look at it through that lens, everything to me becomes clearer, and and you start treating your list like this person that you you're like I'm not. So I want to give you an example. I was I was doing. I, I was doing all these summits and stuff, right? And um, which is great. And one of them I, I, I had seen, so I had just sent out an affiliate offer and this offer is for a program. It's the only offer I sent and it's for a program that I actually am in. Like I've taken the program. I'm actually an instructor on their campus. So I sent out an offer for this because I truly believe in it. This is what, the program that I learned from. Okay. And then I was doing this, I had just sent on email and then I had done this summit and it was my fault because I, I saw that there were requirements in terms of sending out notices to your email list about this summit. Okay. But what I missed, what I completely missed was that they had to be solo emails. They couldn't be a mention somewhere in the email itself. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do that to my list because I just sent them an offer and I'm on this cadence with my list. Like I'll send them two emails a month. And if I send them something in between, it's gotta be for something, you know? And so I actually wrote back to the summit organizer and I said, this is completely my fault. I, I can't do it. Like I can't send my list, this solo email, just completely about this summit. And so I ended up working out something with her where I ended up actually paying her a little bit so that she could do some advertising that would kind of make up that thing. But my point is that th- that's how I would encourage you, obviously, to be more careful about looking at the requirements, but but to really protect your list. Like it's it's I'm not going to do that to them. I, I truly value them and I treat them that way. I love how you mentioned it being a friend of a friend, like to, to picture that. I don't think I've heard that before. Um, I've always heard, like, write it like you're speaking to a friend. Mm-hmm, but I like, mm-hmm. I feel like when you add that extra layer that one person removed, it almost, it strengthens the relationship marketing strategy because it's like you're, and I don't know, I feel like referrals are another great way that you grow mm-hmm. your list, right? So when Absolutely. you're always in this mindset that everybody is coming to you off of a referral, 
and you're working on generating more referrals mm -hmm. and then you're speaking to somebody as if they're a new referral it's like mm -hmm. it becomes more personal right in addition to all of the other perks you mentioned so i love right. i love that i feel like people need to jot that down if they didn't already <laughs> I think it just it just helps to make everything clearer. You run it through that lens. You're like, okay, if I had a friend of a friend, a friend of this person, would I would I send this to them? Yeah, and that's and what I tell people about like like you know the some some people love the idea of the the low ticket offer right off the bat. And I mean it can work, right? We know it can work. But for me, I'm like, if you have someone just coming into your world, I'm like. I mean, would you do that to a friend of a friend? Like you just meet them for coffee and you're like, hey, I'm selling this thing. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I think for me, it helps me to actually, when you're doing like a friend of a friend, I can mm -hmm. actually think of somebody. Like I can think exactly. of my initial friend. Absolutely. And maybe yep. I'll pick somebody who I'm like close with, like we're friendly, but I also like look up to them. Exactly. Right? So like, I don't mm -hmm. want them to think poorly of me. And I've got right. that person in mind. And right. now I'm speaking to a referral that she made to me. Yeah. And it yep. holds you to almost a higher level of. Yep. You're still, okay. you're still professional. You're still yeah. kind of, you know, you still, there's not that total familiarity between you, but yet you still, they're a connection. So you're not going to just go for broke on, you know, selling. So, and that's where the 80, 20 rule, I think that, that, um, that we were going to talk about comes in because people are like, well, I don't know how much to, how much offers I can send. And I, I say use a friend of a friend lens, but if not, I kind of use the 80, 20 rule. That's like, you, you're just going to provide value and value doesn't mean you have to do research and send all kinds of crazy tips. I mean, it could be support or entertainment, right? I mean, in the, in the form of an email, 80% of the time, 20% of the time you can seed your offer or talk about your offer or other offers. That's a no. guideline. I love that. And that's exactly where my brain was going. I don't know if you noticed, I like opened my mouth to talk and I was like, <laughs> and then you answered the question. It was brilliant. I was like, Oh, cool. I'll just sit here and let you uh, interview yourself. It'll be great. Uh, so funny. <laughs> so 80% of the time providing value and 20 ish percent of the time selling. And so Here's where I'm going to make you be a mathematician, right? We mm -hmm. can think about that in terms of weeks, right? Like if mm -hmm. we're looking, it's like out of five weeks, one of those weeks, you're, mm -hmm. you're selling. You can talk and about it. Yeah. Other four weeks, you're providing value. So if you think mm -hmm. about it that way, like, no, you don't have to like mark it on your calendar. This is my selling week, right. but just kind of keep it in mind that you should only be selling about once every five weeks in order mm -hmm. to maintain that, that balance. And mm -hmm. I like that. I love having numbers like that we can use as guidelines to help. I think us. it helps people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if the you're way that I person, do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I'm like, I'm not a numbers person, but I know a lot of people are. But the way I do it, and I don't even know if it boils down to numbers, but like, I don't sell at all. Like, I will not sell at all until I'm launching. Right. Then when I'm launching, I'm going to send you some emails about my thing. Right. And that can be the 20%. It's not maybe spread out over time, but it's sure. more condensed, but I don't sell any other time, you know? Um, so that's kind of how I, that's how I do it. And for me, I feel like I don't sell unless it makes sense. Like, right. yes, if there's a launch, but like sometimes 
in my emails, I'll take like a story or something like something that happened with my kids mm -hmm. or on our travels. Mm -hmm. And then I, I, I relate in my email about how that made me think differently about business or, or some sort of yeah. thing. And yeah. often if it's tied to something that I have a product that supports, oh, then I'll mention totally that, sense. you know, oh, but totally if it doesn't, sense. then it's just that like supportive slash value mm -hmm. um, right. email and always just having the option that people can email you for more information. And then that allows you to continue that relationship building right. and or provide opportunities for them to learn more from you through yeah. selling your services, you know, coming yep. from that place of service. Um, so no, I love that. And I love how you mentioned um, telling a story. So stories are, are like this big deal um, now. And for good reason, I would say, um, because stories are the way that human beings connect with each other, right? It's one thing if I, it, because stories help people connect with you, which then in turn creates liking because you're familiar to them. They find things that are in common with you. They start to like you, which creates this whole relationship, right? Um, and when people like you, they're more willing to buy from you because they have to know, like, and trust you, right? That whole know, like, and trust thing that people always talk about. But with stories, people remember it more. They're more memorable. So if I were to tell you, like, I had to train for this marathon. It was really hard. You know, I mean, it was really difficult. It took a lot of time. Versus I tell you how I started off running down the street and I was sweating and, and I, and I hurt my ankle and then I started crying and then I, you know, and then I had to go back in and my kids had to talk to me about mom, you got to keep going. It just, it just draws people in the story. I think the trick is, the trick is knowing how to write about that story. So it's, so only the relevant parts are in the email because sometimes you tell, and I work, I work on this with people, right? Like I tell them, okay, here's your, you need to tell an origin story about yourself. People need to know about you. And then it's three pages long where you're not going to send that in an email, right? So the trick is finding, you know, what contributes to whatever point that you're trying to make. But I completely agree that and I tell you, you don't have to have a story for every single email because then they start getting like, oh, my God, I got to tell a story. I got to find something and bring. You don't have to tell a story in every single email. But if you have one, like you said, something happened the other day with your kids and then got like connected to to a lesson that you were thinking about and to your product, then that's a perfect opportunity to tell it. And I feel totally called out because I am so chatty and that's one of my biggest struggles <laughs> when it comes to like telling stories is I want you to know all the details, like every single thing that I remember happening, like down to like the color of the shoes that the other person was wearing or whatever. Um, so that is something I have definitely struggled with where it's like scale it back, scale it back, scale, make it simple, keep it simple and get your point across. And that's it. <laughs> no, so. and I, I'm, I don't mean to say because and this is another thing that people say they're like well how long should my emails be right and i can never the thing is i can't tell you i mean some people will say oh people don't have an attention span you can only send short emails but that is not true that is not true and it depends on your audience and that's the thing right so like for you meg people love hearing all those details because they know you and they love you like who you are that's cool right that's totally cool they're going to open it. They're going to read it. They know it's from you. They know they're going to be in for this story and they love it. 
Um, so th- I think it's totally fine. It's just finding that sort of like where that sweet spot with your audience is. Yeah. So um, yeah, totally cool. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. And I feel like it's one of those things where like my husband, if he's listening right now on the other side of the door, he's like, yup, she'll just talk <laughs> like this first stories last forever. It's just the way it goes. It's my kids too. So that poor guy, he never gets uh... to tell stories because we tell all the stories. Um, it's funny. Now, let, I, I also wanted to touch on um, re-engaging old lists. So I know mm-hmm. so many people, so many people who have started building an email list I mean, heck, I can, I've got clients who come to me and they're like, yeah, there's like 200, 300 people on my list. I've never emailed them. Uh (laughs) What do you mean you've never emailed them? So what happens if you're Mm -hmm. listening, if you're in this listening right now and you're like, I have a list, but either I've never emailed them Mm -hmm. or I haven't emailed them in the past fill in the blank month, quarter, year. What do we do? Is that list lost? Is that what, do we revive mm-hmm. them somehow? What are your suggestions? I, I want to preface it by saying that this is a huge um, mindset issue for a lot of people, right? You did the work on building the list. It's not a waste. So how do you re-engage without feeling bad? And so, so the biggest thing is, is that it's in your mind, which is keeping you from sending an email in the first place, which is why it got to six months or a year or whatever it is that you've sent. So you got to get over that, right? That's the first thing. But the second thing is it's really, there's really three options. You can, number one, continue doing what you're doing. You're never going to piss off anybody. It's just, they're just going to be in your service provider, nothing, right? You can then write an email like nothing ever happened. They're going to be like, who the heck are you? Like, I don't even remember who you are and why I'm on your list. Unsubscribe. Or the third option is, why don't you offer them a little freebie or gift? <laughs> Tell them, hey, look, uh, this, is, this is why you were on my list. This is what I do. This is why you should be interested. Here's something free, something really super cool that you, you might be interested in. And then go from there. And, and I would ask people if they're no longer interested to hit the unsubscribe button. And that's okay. Because then you know your list is going to be a smaller, more engaged list for what you're going to be doing. So, I mean, to me, it, I mean, I know it's like, yeah, just it sounds simple and it's maybe really not. But figure out something that you can offer to them and just send this, this short, hey, and this email Maybe you don't want to tell a long story. Maybe you just want to get to the point and say, hey, short bulleted thing in the beginning saying, this is why you're on my list. This is what I do. This is super cool. This is why you're, you, you should still be interested in. Here's a free gift for you. If you're no longer interested, unsubscribe and see what happens from there. That, that's how I, I suggest people handle that. I like that. And I, I think for me, my first thought is that for that free gift, um, obviously it's gonna depend what type of, of business you're in, but to make it something easy for them. Yep. So like, not like a, a, a coupon or a discount for a strategy session, that's selling, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah, selling, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but like actually something, a PDF, an ebook, yes. uh, a checklist, yeah. something that's gonna yeah. get them. And yeah. again, I'm just trying to think of, um, 
what I've heard people suggest as yes. a freebie. Yes. If it if it requires yes. them to pay anything, it's not a freebie. No. That's a sales offer. So make sure mm -hmm. it's something that's free value. Um, and I love the thought of I love the that you mentioned just kind of being honest too, right? In the mm -hmm. message. Hey, here's how I got your email. You gave it to me here, or here's why you originally gave me your email. You might not remember because right. it's been a year. Right, right. And, right. but now I'm back. Mm -hmm. Here's what I do. And here's mm -hmm. a gift to thank you maybe right. for, mm -hmm. for sticking with me and being patient and, yep. and probably letting them know what to expect too. Right. I am planning to email. I think you said you email like twice a month or something like I that. So. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think awesome. you, I think you bring up such an important point that in my mind I was like, yeah, but maybe people didn't realize it. It needs to be something quick and easy. Absolutely, it can't be. It has to be. Ha when you think about when you offer a freebie, it has to be something super low risk on the front end, right? Because you're re-engaging. It's almost like you're getting them to opt in again, right? So it, it can't hmm. be something that's too much commitment for them. So it's got to be something super low risk, super simple on the front end. And yes, thank them for being there. Thank them for sticking with you all along, like you said. Um, and, and it would be great if you know and if you're going to hold yourself to sending an email X amount of time, put that in the email or just say, you know, I'm going to stay in contact with you on a regular basis to give you this kind of value. So to give you an example, I just did this um, not on a not on a disengage or cold list, but it was on a list of people that um, for a summit that I did, and they give you all of the email addresses, not just people that opt into your stuff, and they give you all the email addresses. So what I did was I said, hey, I did three bullets. I said, you got my, I, I got your email from because you attended the summit. This is what I do. This is how I help people. This is why you should care. And I said, this is what I'm going to do for you. And I put in a tip. I said, hey, this is the kind of emails that I typically send to my people. I put in hey, marketing tip number one. And I put that in and at the end. I said, hey, if you like this, stick around. I'm going to give you more of this. I didn't give them a free gift, right? Because, but I just said, this is what to expect from me. And if not, hit the unsubscribe button below because not all those people are going to be interested in what I have to say. So kind of following that same thing, but offer them something. <laughs> yeah, so they, I, and I, yeah. I took two big takeaways. So number one, quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. I see so many people that are like, I mean, even you're talking about summits. I've seen summit hosts who say they only want to consider speakers who have a list of 5,000 plus people. Right. Right. I hate that stuff. Yeah. I hate that stuff. You'll never get it from me. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, because I believe quality right. is far more important than quantity. That's if you right. have a hundred people who are highly engaged and they exactly. love you, yep. that's so much more important to me than the fact that you managed to get 5,000 people's email addresses if they're like exactly not quality. So that was number cool. one. And then talking about um, the opt-ins again, quick wins, probably not like a big training, right? Again, oh, right, going right, back right. to PDFs and stuff. Well, no, but yep. I'm just like processing, going back yep. to PDFs or, or something quick and easy. Because Absolutely. again, I know a lot of people who are like, here's a 40-minute training. Mm. No, mm -hmm. not, not here. Those are harder to get people mm -hmm. to commit to because it's a big time commitment. It's quick and easy. Yep. yep. 
Absolutely. They have to. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. No, I I don't even remember what I was going to say. I was just going to say yes. I agree. Yes. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I put you on the spot to come up with something else. (laughs) Well, this has been great. I'd love if you would let our viewers and our listeners know where they can connect with you, learn more about you, hop on that list, um, all those good things. So um, I, I have this, I have the, uh, a really good freebie that people love. And it's actually um, 100, over 125 lead magnet ideas, going back to the whole lead magnet idea of getting people into your world, right? Because you want to pre-qualify them and sort of get the right people on your list. And then so you have, you know, a, a more engaged list to, to start off with, right? To, to nurture over time. And that they can get that at um, my website, uh, www.jenwilsonmarketing.com slash lead magnet. And so they can opt in for that there. And then they can find me on Instagram at jenwilson.marketing. Um, that's probably the best place to find me. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time to be with us here today. You were flexible for me too, which was great. Oh, and no, I really appreciate it. Um, and I thank you so much for sharing all of your value with us again. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was great being here. Thanks so much, Meg. That's it for this episode of Familypreneur. You'll find all the links mentioned and the show notes at megbrunson.com slash podcast. Until next time, I'll see you over in the Familypreneur community. Bye for now.